If you're here for the first time, my name is Jorge Santana. If you're saying what he said, well, you can call me George. And if you're like, what, but he doesn't look like a George, well, you call me Pedro, Jose. You know, at this point, I will answer like anything. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about um, uh, a new series. Well, it's not too new now. It's, it's week number five. And actually, we decided to, to go on the 12th step of recovery. And we named it this series, New Beginning. And actually, the name comes from the recovery group that is running our church every Wednesday at 7.30. If you struggle with addictions and, and you're looking for a safe place to uh, find healing um, and recovery, I invite your friends, come and join us uh, to this group every Wednesday at 7.30 here at the coffee room. They meet, and, um, and we said, in order to, to have a new beginning, we need to uh, accept the idea that something wrong happened, therefore, we need to restart. And, and to restart is not an easy process. It requires a lot from us, and we need help. So we said the first step is that we recognize that we are powerless over our addictions, and, uh, and we, we have to that point, they say, I need help. And the second step, we believe that we need a greater power. We need Jesus in our life. We cannot do it alone. We need the power of Jesus to, uh, that he can restore us and work on us. This, the third step, we, we, we made a, a decision to turn our life and our will over the care of God. Therefore, we surrender. We surrender to God. Step four, uh, we made a, a, a list, a fearless list of our moral uh, problems, an inventory of ourselves. And the step four, it takes us to step five, that we admit it to God, to ourselves, and to another human, the exact natures of our wrong. And when I talk to people who are in recovery, they say step four and five is probably the hardest. Because you have to admit that you did something wrong, but then you have to do amendments. Maybe you have heard this. You have to go amendments, go and say to a, a person, I'm sorry, forgive me. Or say, I forgive you. Now, how many of us, and please be sincere, and if your husband is here, you can do this. You're allowed to do that. How many of us would like to admit or love to admit that we have made a mistake? <laughs> they go, look at you. You're so good. Yes. And you say, probably say, God continues speaking about mistakes to my husband. <laughs> yes. We, we, talk, we, we don't like the idea to say, uh, I made a mistake. And, um, because to accept the idea that we made a mistake is, is awkward. It's frustrating. It's difficult. You know, uh, we don't want to deal. And if somebody come and pointed out an issue to us, uh, our first reaction most of the time is defensive. We, we say, no, you're wrong. <laughs> it's, not a, not, not, it's not a your business. Don't talk to me that way. But to accept a mistake is a big step. And not just that, but uh, it's difficult 
to, to, to forgive. It's difficult to ask for forgiveness. Uh, at the same line, it's difficult to forgive others. It's difficult to forgive ourselves. It's difficult to, uh, to go to a person and say, you hurt me and I forgive you. Now, I'm not going to talk this sermon of forgiveness from the stand saying, I got this, figured it out. I'm not. And I have to say, even though I try to live a life of forgiveness, there's moments in my life that this become very difficult. And saying that, I want you to give you room to say, it's okay. What is not okay if we stay stuck in that bitterness in our life. It will stop us. There is a popular psalm, Psalm 23. Probably you have heard this psalm many times. And uh, we're going to read it. And I would like you, I like that you can read it with me. You can read it out loud. The text is going to be in the front. And we can all read this together, Psalm 23. Okay, you ready? It's there in the front. There you go. There you go. One, two, three. The Lord is my He makes me. There you go. <laughs> Beside quiet waters. Okay, let's okay, let's let's go back to verse one. Okay? <laughs> let's go back. One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence you anoint me, my head with oil my cups overflows surely your goodness will follow me forever spirit of the living God we just pray that you can speak to us you are our shepherd you are our rock and I pray that you can speak to our minds and our hearts. God, I pray for everyone in this room that you present will lead us to, to be free from things that are ties in our hearts and our minds. Can you help us, Jesus? Can you lead us? Thank you so much for what you're going to do. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. And I, I was praying this week. And I said, God, I have to preach about step number five. And this is a really difficult step. And last week, I talked about, a little bit about forgiveness and how this has been something in my life. I told you a story about my family. I have my issues with my family. My family is broken. And good thing they don't speak English because if they know what these things that I say. I will be in big trouble. But... It's not always easy to talk about forgiveness, especially when there's things in our life that hurt us. 
You might say, you have no idea what you say. You, you need to be in my shoes to understand why this is so difficult. And I, maybe I'm not in your shoes. Maybe your, your hurt is so big that I understand. I get it. I've been on both sides of the road in the part that I have hurt other people. But also in the part that I'm being hurt. And it's terrible. Feel it. And I was praying, say, God, can, can, can you help me with this? I need to figure out this. Can you, can you help me? And uh, actually, I've I, I, I been doing this prayer for quite a long time. God searched my heart and pointed out anything. This is a good prayer. And God spoke to me and reminded me of Psalm 23. And I started to pray Psalm 23. And as I'm reading Psalm 23... It really caught my attention, verse 2. He said, he makes me lay down in green pasture. He lets me beside quiet waters. Quiet waters. You know, when I, I, I was in Chile in 2005, uh, I used to go to this uh, Y1 base. It's uh, just with a mission it's a missionary organization. I used to go there. That was my first year. This Y1 base in a town called Pichilemo. Don't even try to say it. Just trust me. <laughs> and uh, um, I, I'm there. And this town is known because uh, 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 there are waves. And people who surf, um, they love to go there. And uh, every now and then we have, and especially in wintertime, that's when I went. Uh, the storms coming, and the Y1 base was probably three, four blocks from the beach. And, uh, and the storm will come, and it's raining, the wind, but you can hear the waves crashing on the rocks and the beach, even if you were far away from the beach. They say the highest waves they, they get in that area is about 30 feet. Nine meters, if you like meters. And, uh, and the normal waves is always about uh, uh, 10 feet waves. So it's big waves. That's why surfers love to go there. And you hear the water disturbing and, and there's a lot of chaos. And I used to go and take my quiet time and go there to the beach and, and sit, sit down at the rocks and, and, and pray. But sometimes the waves were so big and I'm very intimidated that uh, I'm like, okay, I better move back. Um, I know I'm a little bit heavy, but still, uh, there's a lot of water coming. And as I'm praying this, this is what God brought to my heart. And this is how forgive, for, uh, forgiveness and hurt work. It's like disturbing waters. And Jesus is saying, I will bring you to a place of quiet waters. He's my shepherd. David was a guy who had uh, a lot of issues in his life. We hear all the good things about his life and how he wrote psalms. We sing them today. It's all good. He was a good king. But on uh, the other side, David was, had a lot of issues. He hurt a lot of people. He messed it up in his family. There was a lot of things going on there. But he's describing, you will lead me, talking to God, 
to green pastures and quiet waters. Quiet waters. It's an interesting thing that, for example, I, I'm not a, uh, I don't know much about a uh, farm, but I, I was reading this, it will really call my attention. Uh, a sheep will never drink water from a disturbed water. They always like to drink water in a calm, quiet water. And there's a reason to it. Because of their, I've been practicing this word, so have mercy on me. Their wool, did I say it right? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you. You're amazing. <laughs> as soon they go, as soon they go to drink water, they will, if they put their hand down as drinking, they serve water or the current water will drink, the wall will get wet and heavy. And by just the idea of drinking water, they might die in the process. I'm thinking, wow, this is cool. Well, cool for me to hear, not for the sheep, but... <laughs> but this is cool. And they get wet and heavy. And you know what? And I started to think in this process. You know, we try to move on, but, you know, we carry this baggage, and it's heavy. And we cannot move on. We like the idea of a new beginning. We like the idea of restart, put the reset button. But we have things in our life that are issues that are not being resolved. It's like that wall get heavy, wet. And Jesus said, no. Trust me, I want to lead you to a place where there will be quiet waters so you can drink, you can rest, and you can move on and move on. In my own personal life, like I say, forgiveness is not been an easy task. I, I have shared with you how difficult it was for me to forgive my, my family, my grandparents and issues and all that and forgiveness i was talking to a friend this week we're talking about recovery and i asked the question how do you deal with forgiveness and trying to keep yourself clean not going back <laughs> he said forgiveness is a constant thing in my life it's constant and that's something that I do once in my life and then I'm done. It's constantly. Why forgiveness is so important? Because it's the root of all our issues. And if we don't deal with that, it would take us to bad habits. It would take us to do wrong things. And one of the wrong things we've been talking is addictions. And a lot of the issues that come with addictions come from the root of uh, forgiveness, hard to forgive. And we blame people, we blame circumstances, we can blame the system. It wasn't my fault, I was born this way, but it's hard to move on. Would you agree with me that we can ask God, God, can you take me to quiet waters? I need to be in a place of quiet waters. And I, as a, I'm going to, today I'm going to do something a little bit different, but 
I, I want to tell you something. I came to Jesus. I was a mess. And I said, Jesus, forgive me. And I experienced something so cool that moment. The God forgiveness in my life. And I said, God, I have sinned against you. I have sinned. I have made a mess. And, uh, and actually, God forgave me that day. And I thought, well, been there, done that. I'm good. I show up at church. I'm a Christian now. I can figure out this. But I didn't realize that I still carrying this baggage in my life. And the enemy will use this to bring me down many, many times. Psalms 32, uh, 5 say, finally, I confess all my sins to you. This is David talking. And I stop trying to hide my guilt. I say to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgive me. All my guilt is gone. For some, some reason, it's easy for me to talk about um, how I forgive others. That brings the story back to me. I did it. God lead me. Sure. But to me, to go to a person and say, I forgive you, that took way more. I actually had to fight with God in this one. Why you don't do it, God? This is your business. Make it easy for me. And God said, why we don't talk about you and start to confess? And you know, I, I remember the one day, as you know, well, if you're here for the first time, I used to struggle with drugs and all that stuff. And I went to a really bad path. And one day, I was in a really bad place. And I with my friends, and we're trying to get high and do all this stuff, and, and we run out of money. So, as we were craving really bad, we had this amazing idea. Why we don't go and steal? So we did. We walk to downtown. Uh, we wait. Uh, one guy uh, pull out a knife. We jump to this guy, and we steal his money, his backpack, his clothes, watch, and uh, and uh, and then we run away. And then we did it again, and we did it again, and we did it again. I'm not telling you this. Look at me. I'm so proud of this. Please don't. But the reason I'm telling you this, because it was in that moment that I feel the guilt in my life. I'm coming to Jesus and have received forgiveness from God. But there was something in my life. The enemy will whisper to me and bring always back. Do you remember? And to be quite honest, I don't know their face. I don't remember. I don't know who they are. I don't know where they're from, where they live. Nothing. 
And as every time I go to church, the first things that I will come and I say, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry. I wish, and even in Chile, I shared it a few times this story, not with as many details, I share it right now. And I ask people, trying to figure it out. I know quite a bit of people in my city where I'm from. And I'm hoping to do amendment. I go and say, can I, can I pay you back? Can I? I'm sorry. I, I try. I thought one time I got close to one name. I thought about it. But every time I come to church, the enemy is saying, you're guilty. You're guilty. You're guilty. You know what? He's right. But I forgot something very basic and very important that when I give my life to Jesus, he took all my guilt and all my shame in every step of the way. So what I did, I prayed to God. I don't remember names, so I started to do amendments to other people. I started to walk the, this path of recovery. If there's things that trigger, it trigger emotion in one other and another emotion. You know, every time when I go in my lowest moment, in my more difficult moment, you know what the enemy does? They say, do you remember what you did? You don't deserve to be there. You don't deserve where you are. And sometimes when we carry this baggage, what we start to do is say, yeah, I don't deserve it. If I was your enemy, I hope I'm not. <laughs> if I was your enemy, and I really wanted to hurt you, I will make sure you get stuck. Stuck in one emotion. You will never see the potential you will have and what it means to walk in freedom. Talking to a friend of mine, uh, I was actually Clark, I was, we were talking about forgiveness, and he will say to me, give your head a shake. I love that phrase. Give your head a shake. How can you be stuck in an emotion? And, and I agree with him. But actually to give forgiveness and surrender is a step that I cannot do my, by my own. That's why step two, step three is so important. We recognize that I need a higher power. I can do this by faith. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our wickedness. For many years, I was ashamed of myself. For many years, I was ashamed of my past. For many years I was, and you know what? This is the worst. I will project my anger, my hurt, to the people that I care the most. And it sucks. Because you want to move on, you want to move forward, and you're stuck in emotion.
And I know you're in a spot that you say, I've been hurt by people. You have no idea what you're saying. But a friend of mine said, went through terrible things in their life. I say, I forgive and I am free. How this is possible? How this is possible to forgive the people who have hurt you? How this is possible to actually have the courage to go to a person and say, I hurt you. Forgive me. The only way this is possible and we have surrendered our own personal will to God and allow God to lead us to quiet waters. I have tried to lead myself to quiet waters and it never works. And after the storm will happen at the oceans in Chile, you will go the next day and you see the mess that did around and some dead fish here and there. <laughs> but then the air is clean and then it just calm. Everything is calm. I want to be in that space. I want to be in that place that I can come to Jesus and say, forgive me. The Bible tells a story. Jesus tells a story of a kid who um, had many issues, and he went to his father and, uh, and said, um, uh, uh, give me your money. Give me your debit card. And, uh, and they went to spend their money and did terrible things. I think his name was Jorge. And uh, he did terrible things. And I want to read for Luke 15, verse 17. And then he said, when he finally came to his sense, he said to himself, at home, even the higher servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as, on as a higher servant. So he returned to home to his father. And while he was still a long way of his father, saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servant, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring on his finger and sandal for his feet and kill the cow we have been fighting. We must celebrate with a feast. For the son of mine was dead. And he has now returned to life. He was lost. But now he's found. 
So the party began. And you know when I read this story, it's like Jesus was talking to me right there. When I came to my sense, when I allowed God to lead my life, brother, sister, you know what? You can do life on your own. Yes, you can. You can do things and tr- keep trying. Good for you. But it had to come to a moment in your life when you surrender and say, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I've been dealing with this depression. I've been dealing with this stuff, with the illness, and I, I don't know what to do. And you know what we do? We come to Jesus and say, I surrender. Forgiveness is not easy. But God makes it so easy. God will never will demand of something from us that he cannot do. You know, Jesus is in the cross. And he say, Father, forgive them. Because they don't know what to do. And the people are not asking for forgiveness. Jesus freely gives it to everyone. And sometimes we have to let our pride aside. And say, I'm going to wait. When I see that person coming and begging for forgiveness, then... Brother, sister, you're stuck. Move on. Start a new beginning. Don't let your past to condemn you. Don't let the enemy celebrate and every time you fail, allow the power of the Holy Spirit to work in your life and be free in the name of Jesus. The son of mine was dead. And now he returned to life to take you to quiet waters. So maybe you have to do amendments. Maybe you have to go and tell people you have to do something wrong. What emotions do you experience when you think about confessing your wrongs to God? to others, to yourself. Why do you still feel in this your way? You might say, you know what? Good for you. I'm glad you've been working your forgiveness. I have nothing to forgive. I will tell you something. If you are in a room and somebody come and your mood change, <laughs> you have problems. You say, oh, I better move. This person show up. You have problems. You have to deal with the stuff in your life. Allow the power of the Holy Spirit work. Forgiveness is free. And we can forgive because He has forgiven us. We're going to take communion. And communion is a good reminder of what He does for us in our lives. Uh, Clark and, and Rogers are going to help us uh, with uh, communion and Adam and uh, they're going to line up here in the front you can come and take the cup take the bread go back to your seat and then um, and I will come to the front and we're going to take communion all together
But remember, God has forgiven you. Not just some sins. All of it. And trust me, I'm not standing here like saying, look at me, how good I am. I'm standing here as a man who have struggled with forgiveness. I have hurt other people. But I have given it to God. And I'm happy to say I'm free. And every time the enemy brings back all this, I go back and say, Jesus, this is all for you. So, Father, I pray for the elements. Pray you can speak to us. And God, if we have to, if we have to extend forgiveness to people in our lives, to ourselves, I pray that you can lead us and give us the strength to do so. Thank you so much for what you're going to do. We honor you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.